Hello, it's Lenka and Natalie, and you're listening to Into Your Life podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk to you about presence. Now, I'm not talking about the little presents that you get underneath the Christmas tree or for your birthday, you know, with a little ribbon on top or anything. I'm talking about presence, being in the moment, just having that focus of here right now. Now, I'm coming to you from chaos, overwhelm, and a, a brain that doesn't seem to stop. And we have Lenka, who's going to come to you from calm, zen, and she has found a way to meet presence or connect with presence. But we're just going to have a conversation, see where it lands up. Oh, it's wonderful. You're setting up such a high expectations that are coming from a place of zen. Not necessarily. Like, yes, I admit I've been working quite a lot on, and especially I have named this year, my intention is to focus on being, which means being in the present moment more. But I have in no way mastered the topic. In no way I am fully present and absolutely in the moment and calm all the time. But I think I've managed to, over time, explore a couple different areas and practices and little techniques and little bits that I have in my toolkit that I can pull out whenever I feel the chaos starting to rage in my brain. So you might say that you don't have Zen, but coming from where I'm coming from, you are very Zen-like. I can almost picture you in a garden, legs crossed, fingers on your on your knees and going, doing the arm, because the, the chaos that goes on is anybody who has that calm is zen-like but most probably comparing yourself to somebody else who's further along might not feel like that so why is presence important why is this something that we should bother with i mean why not just carry on in the chaos and overwhelm that i feel especially under stress and when life gets a little bit difficult or work gets overwhelming why should I bother trying to find my Zen? Well, for me, focusing on presence and trying to get more of the calmness in my life has definitely come through me seeking more joy and happiness and finding ways to overcome certain negative aspects of you know, life in today's day and age and working in social media marketing. And one of the things I realized is that we actually only have the moment right here, right now. Like there's the thing that we cannot live in any other moment than in the present. Yet we spend so much time in our heads, either worrying about the future and feeling anxious about the future or thinking about the past and obsessing about the things that happened. And that's where also lots of the mental health illnesses and the mental health issues will come. Because they either are because we are so future obsessed and we're so worried about future or because we are stuck in the past and we are so worried about the past that we cannot let go of the past. And if you live either in your head in the future or in the past, you'll never be able to enjoy the present moment and genuinely live to the fullest. So part of listening to this podcast and our creating this podcast is to share our journeys and Lenka and I are both on our own individual journeys that we are taking 
And part of my journey is about learning calm, learning to get out of this space in my head of overwhelm and chaos and to really connect with the moment, connect with presence. Something that I do is constantly thinking what next, what next, what next, what next. And yet I'm physically creating in my life that there doesn't need to be a what next, what next. So having the spaces in my life and in my diary to not jump from one thing to another, but take the time to rest. And what I've found is that in those spaces, I'm filling them with stuff that I don't need to be doing. So it's it's going to be a conscious effort on my part and a, a conscious plan to really become in the moment. Because one of the things about being in the moment is we are now. We live now. We don't live in the past. We don't live in the present. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. But now is here right now. And when, when we think about it is... If we take a dog for a walk or if we're spending time with our kids or focusing on a blog we want to write, we need to be now and not everywhere. And, and something I've noticed from my dogs, my dogs teach me a lot of lessons, but they're very much in the moment. Sniff this tree, cough my leg, sniff this tree, pull here, go there. But it's all in the moment. They're not thinking, oh, what about further down the road, I need to get there. Here's the tree now. Let me focus on where I am right now. And this is what I love about, about animals and, and my dogs is that they really show us how important it is to be right now, not tomorrow, not in the past. But not only for just to have Zen and be calm, but it's also a way that you can, and for me, it's about helping me to run my business, helping me to become a better coach, a better individual almost, because I'm focusing on right now. I'm here with you. I'm listening to you. I'm hearing you right now. And I'm not thinking about what I'm going to cook for dinner or I've got to take the dogs for a walk or whatever it is. I'm here right now. And presence is also about listening. And this is something that I want to incorporate into my life. I can do it when I'm with clients. I manage it when I'm with clients, but I cannot manage it in any other time. And I've given myself the challenge to do that, give space, listen, pause, be in the moment, being present, whatever it is, more than just when i am got my coach's hat on and with clients. So I think you've already covered the first step. You've already done the first thing, which in my opinion would be getting to a point of self-awareness, becoming aware that this is something that it's not working the way I would want in my life. It's something I want to be improving noticing moments where you're more capable of doing that and maybe paying more attention. What about the situation specifically allows me to be more present and what am I doing differently in this moment that I am able to focus and be more present and 
be really in the moment compared to the other moments? What are the things that I'm not doing? Is it that when you're with your clients, you have your phone on airplane mode, that you have your desk clean, that you have all other website tabs closed, that you only have a blank sheet of paper in front of you so you can fully focus on that? Well, then think how you can implement all those things into then your own practice. If you're reading a book, and I have to do that for myself. If I'm reading a book, I have an app on my phone that's called Forest, and it blocks my phone, my access to my phone for a certain amount of time. I can pick how many minutes I want, how many minutes I really want to be focusing, and it really stops me from reaching out to the phone and check social media, Google something. And yes, occasionally you want to Google something when you're reading. That's why I have sticky notes. I write a sticky note. I continue reading after I'm done and my phone is unlocked again. I can go back and I can Google. I can do the research that I wanted to do. But think about the ways how if in those moments where you are able to feel more present or grounded, more paying attention the way you want, how you can replicate that in other aspects of your life. And I think it is such a shame that in today's day and age, we are so driven to multitask. We're so driven to have so many tabs open. We are unable to really do one thing properly. We're jumping from one thing to the other because there's so much really asking for our attention. There's always something else and something more. And I remember when I started applying for jobs after uni, one of the skills I had in my CVs was multitasking, which is ridiculous to think about that it used to be the trend that you would say you're good at multitasking, you're good at juggling multiple tasks at the same time. It's obviously now through neuroscience, we know that multitasking doesn't exist. Our brain is incapable of doing two kind of rational, logical things at the same time. Yes, we can walk and talk and we can breathe and walk, but consciously, with our brain activities, we cannot do two at the same time. What we do is we're very quickly switching between a task to a task, which obviously it's super high demanding on the energy and resources of our brain. It definitely makes us less productive and it makes us make more mistakes. And there are some very interesting studies that show how poor our decision-making gets if we're multitasking, how much worse we're off when we're multitasking. So this topic actually is so valuable for, you know, for the business people, for marketing, for employees, for productivity, because the more present we can get, the better quality job we're going to make, less mistakes we're going to make. And overall, yes, we are going to be happier. And as you mentioned, multitasking is not something to strive for or try and achieve because you try, read a text and write an email at the same time. It doesn't work. Try and have a conversation with somebody about something and write a blog or even an email again. It doesn't work and it puts a lot of strain on, on the brain. And this is something that when I did the neuroscience course, I, I realized how damaging to the brain it can be by flipping from one topic to another and it's in its split seconds that it's doing it and this can cause again I come up with the word overwhelm it can cause stress it can cause anxiety 
and it causes tiredness as well. And, and as Lenka mentioned, the productivity and the, the quality of work is, is not as high as it would normally be if you focus on it. And this is another really good reason to become present. So present in writing that email, present in having that conversation or writing that text or whatever it is that you are doing in the moment. But another realization for me and why I'm wanting to focus on this, and I'm hoping I'm not the only person out there who has not met Zen yet. And I'm, and this is for you out there who is still finding that overwhelm, that chaos in, in going on and just unsure if you can ever meet Zen and have that calm. I'd like to say we can. We just got to put some effort in. But as I mentioned, one of the, the reasons why I'm wanting to have more calm is to build my resilience. When we're overwhelmed, when there's chaos, when we're stressed, when we're anxious, we're using our resilience to get through that time. And that might not even be when there's trauma or when there's hardship or you know, adversity. But we're using our resilience for something we don't need to be using it for. So finding that calm and finding that to be present helps to connect with and to build resilience so that when that hardship, trauma or adversity hits, and it does hit us, I mean, I'd love to say it's never going to happen to any of us, but it does, we can then thrive through it instead of just surviving barely and hanging on for dear life and just hoping we get to the other side and so shattered when we get there whereas if we've been building on our resilience growing our you know our bucket of resilience so to speak then when we're going through that time we can almost thrive instead of just survive and this was again one of the reasons why that made me think about, hang on a minute, being calm, being in the present and finding that those moments, that will help me to fill up my resilience bucket. Because yes, the past two years have been tough. There's been a, you know, a little pandemic that's gone around. I don't have any of you have noticed, but it's taken all of our resources that we've had but now we can start to fill up again. Now we can start to really focus on what do we need so that when something else happens, we're going to be okay. And this, again, is where presence really does play a role in that. So how about we talk about some of the things that you can try and you can start implementing and explore to see how it fits with you. So for me, there have been a couple of things that really did help me on this way. And as I said, I'm not anywhere near perfect. And I can absolutely say that when I am not doing these things on a regular basis, I can feel the same mental fog. I can feel the overwhelm. I can feel all those things coming back super quickly. So it's not that you need to be rigid and stick to everything and do what everyone else is doing. It's an exploration journey. And I'm 
not suggesting that all the things I do are the right things to do, but they work for me. And the first and core thing for me, it's nature. It is making sure that I spend time outside without any technology, so no phone, nothing like that going on with me on walks, no smartphones, no smart watches. I don't need to measure my steps. I, that just proves that I have walked X amount of steps per day. That's not the point. I go out to nature, I go out to walk, and I'm really trying to enjoy the moment. And there is underlying theme for that, and that's I'm really trying to find ways of practicing mindfulness. And mindfulness has been such a big part of my journey since the moment I have discovered it. And I've practiced it in terms of counting the breaths. I've practiced in terms of different meditations. I've practiced it in terms of yoga. I've practiced it in terms of all the different things that potentially are related when you think of mindfulness and all the mindfulness courses and trainings and apps out there. To me, when it comes to mindfulness, it is simply being out there and observing mindfully the things out there. If it's nature, it is watching my dog and my cat doing silly things and being there with them looking at the nature around me and because I walk the same route every single day, noticing the tiniest details as they change throughout the seasons, looking at the colors and noticing how many shades of green, brown, white, blue I can spot and really being in the moment. But whatever I do and surrounded by nature, because at least for me, because I live in the middle of nowhere, the nature is very calming by itself. I know that not everyone has the opportunity to walk in the fields with no one around. But even if you're in a city park, even if you walk by the river, if you still have to walk through the streets of a city, you can find ways of paying attention to the little details and to potentially tuning out the noise and overwhelm and rush of every other people. I still vividly see London and people trying to run through the busy city streets, which I don't understand. But sometimes you really, even in the scales around, you can find the mental peace in there. So for me, the one thing that really brings it together, it is mindfulness and applying it as simply as possible in nature. And this is something that I've started to do is walk my dogs um, I walk my dogs anyway but to do it in a more mindful way and what I do is I walk one of my dogs at a time because then that way they're not they don't pull they're really good on the lead but one will stop and sniff the other one wants to walk and then the other one wants to stop and sniff and then that so I just find walking one I'm not I can focus on the one dog and listen and this is something that I'm putting into my day. So the extra walks, not their normal walks. And a great way that has helped me in the past is journaling. And But the way that I've journaled is through morning pages. Now, I don't know if any of our listeners have heard of morning pages by Julia Cameron. She writes about different ways to write. And one of them is about morning pages. And I love this because it's a form of journaling, but it's more of a relaxed way of journaling. 
So what, and you can Google morning pages, but what, what it is about, it's three pages, A4 size, and you just, first thing in the morning, brain dump. So it's not any deep thoughts. You just brain dump and you just focusing on what's coming out and you're just writing. You don't worry about sentences. You don't worry about spelling. You don't worry about, did you put a full stop in? Have you started a new paragraph? It's just about writing because what it does, it almost clears the gunk and then it gives you space to think a bit or to have those deeper thoughts. And I did that for a long time and that really helped. And then I just stopped doing it. And this is something that I want to get back into doing because it does focus you right there, right then, because you, you can't necessarily do it thinking of something else. And if you are thinking of something else, you write about that. So I am now thinking about the cup of coffee I want to drink. So you, you write what is in your head. And if your mind goes off on a tangent, you write that tangent. And that's a great way to focus because you're not writing something, but your mind is going off somewhere else. So you're not focusing on either. You write what's in your mind. And, and when I did that, it was really... I had some great ideas because I would write, I would literally sometimes write, oh, I really want a cup of coffee. The dogs, I can hear the dogs pitter-patter of their feet downstairs or my husband's making a noise. He's just put the kettle on because these are the thoughts that were in my head. And by writing them, all of a sudden, I'd get an idea and I'd write that idea because I was clearing and focusing and I really enjoyed that. And it's, it's, it's a great way to do it. And you also, you don't keep these pages. They're not to be stored. They're not to be looked at afterwards. I would look at them afterwards when I had the idea just to make a note of that idea separately. So I found that helped. But it's, it's, it's what works for you. It's finding what, what works for you. Lenka mentioned yoga. Some people like to meditate. I'm not good at meditation, let me say. But I do like the idea of being mindful in the moment, so, so conscious of when I'm washing the dishes. And that's almost like a, a physical meditation is you focusing on washing the dishes. What am I doing? I'm, I'm taking the sponge, I'm washing the plate. Or even when you're out for a walk, left foot, right foot, birds, you know, you so that's a different way of meditating. You don't need to sit legs crossed. And, and, you know, focusing on the breath because that doesn't work for everybody. This isn't a one size fits all. This is what works for you. Lenka and I share tools that we've come across through either through our clients or through our own experiences. We share them, but it's your choice to take what works, discard the rest, or even feel free to share your tips in the comment section. We'd love to learn different ways of doing things. So I love that you pointed the fact that it becoming and getting more present, it's physical. Because our senses are one of the ways how we can really bring ourselves back into the body. The unfortunate thing is with our eyes, we tend to take so much information through our eyes. And especially now when we're in closed rooms, indoors, so much time, there's so much more information 
that our brain needs to process that are coming through us visually. Because the closer things get to us, and that's where then screen or the computer or your mobile or everything that you have in your rooms, they are still giving you new impulses that your brain needs to process. That's where for me, again, being outside is very helpful because I can let my eyes soften. I can soften my gaze and there isn't so much close information coming for my brain to have to process. And that's where often meditations or things like that will encourage you to close your eyes because you're kind of limiting one of those senses and you're finding ways of tune into other senses. And I kind of disagree in a way that you, I don't believe you can be bad at meditation. Like, yes, you, like no one says that you have to become full-on Buddhist monk, not thinking of anything, reaching, you know, this enlightenment. That's not what meditation practically is all about. Meditation is pretty much just about allowing yourself to come to the present moment, to be within your body, to be aware. And it could happen through the senses. So some interesting um, meditations or kind of mindfulness trainings or activities I've tried is mindful eating, where you take a grape and you observe the grape. You really take in every little detail of the grape. You smell the grape. You lick the grape. You very slowly chew the grape and pay attention to every little flavor in there or the same you can have visual meditation where you take a flower or whatever you have at home a mug for me sensual meditation is my morning coffee where I have wonderfully smelling coffee and that's one of the routines I do every single day is I make my cup of coffee I sit in my sofa I hold my warm cup of coffee in my hands and I smell it and I look at the bubbles floating in the coffee and I take in the senses of the coffee and it gets me into my body rather than allowing my mind to race and worry. What's on my calendar? What am I doing? This email and that email. No, just come and be present in a moment. Forget about my phone. Forget about social media for a little while. And enjoy, even if it's five minutes, ten minutes with my coffee. That usually then inspires me to take out my journal. And I have very simple principles. Journaling, open journal, start writing, see what comes. Once your hand starts hurting, you're done with journaling, move on. Sometimes a brilliant idea comes and I turn it into a blog post or into social media post. Sometimes it's like, oh, I did not realize I had these thoughts in my brain. And sometimes it's a boring, complaining, ranting. And it's fine. It gets out of the brain. Definitely kind of meditation mindfulness. It's not this unattainable thing out there. And the same, the beauty of like yoga or any kind of movement. Again, it can be walks. It's that you have your breath with you all the time. And breath doesn't simply need to mean that you observe the inhale and exhale and you count the inhales and exhales, which could be. And there are some mindfulness meditation practices that focus on the simple count of the breath. But again, it could be a feeling how your nose opens up and how it feels when it hits your head. And yes, paying attention to if you're breathing in your chest, if you're breathing in your belly, how your body moves, where. And then for me, it's such a, for whenever I meditate 
or do mindfulness. I see it as a visualization of really connecting with my body to seeing then in my mind where the tiny little droplets of oxygen, because for some reason I imagine oxygen as droplets, who cares? how they tiny little molecules in my blood, how they move throughout my body and how they enter every single little part of that. And that really gets you grounded and feeling your body. And if you're this grounded and this inside of you, it's very hard then to be worrying and overwhelmed and frustrated and somewhere something out there because you genuinely feel right now, right here in your body. And that kind of touches on some of the other practices that people can explore. One of them is savoring, savoring drinks, savoring food, savoring moments with loved ones, savoring touch of something, savoring touch of new clothes, savoring a smell of a new perfume or of a freshly baked cookies, or even savoring, let's say, relationships be the personal relationship, work relationships, where you can imagine, you know, what are the chances that this thing has happened? And going back to what unique circumstances must have happened for you to meet your partner, to have your child, to set up this business, to get this client, to be able to speak at this conference, and really savor those achievements that you have had in your life and all those wonderful experiences and go back to them through photographs, through memorabilia, to anything that you have. So there are lots of different ways how you can get yourself to be more present. But the point ultimately is, and you touched on it, it need, there needs to be a practice. And with practice, I'm not rigid, I'm like, not like you have to do it daily, you have to do it at the same time. No, do what works for you. But there needs to be something that you do regularly enough on an ongoing basis that you allows you to deepen the practice and allows your then brain to rewire. Because ultimately what all these things are allowing you to do is rewire, restructure your brain and highlight some of the beneficial good pathways that you want your neurons to behave and your energy within your brain to move, steer them away from some of them. Because obviously right now, potentially your go-to default mode is, and there is one direct highway that's leading you towards stress and frustration and overwhelm. And if you work on these things, it will allow your brain to avoid this route and reroute you to something a little bit more helpful. And then you will feel, and probably speaking of the perception that Natalie has of me, you will come across a lot more calm and present and almost than like. One thing that really needs to keep in mind is this isn't an overnight process. This isn't, don't try to do it all at once. Is try one thing and see how it sits with you and do little bits like like Lenka said you don't have to do it every day at the same time and finding ways to do it but remember you're creating a new routine in your life you're creating a new habit and that takes a while to to put it into place and this is where just little steps just start one thing try it see how it fits see how it works and then 
slowly add other things as you start to feel your progress. But one thing that I would really like to, to say is do come with me on this journey because we live on in such an overwhelming world. We get pinged, we get zinged, we get all sorts. And as Lenka said, you know, there's so much going on for our eyes to see. We are on Zoom calls, we are, you know, emailing and constantly looking at computers and mobile phones and three or four screens even. I know some business owners who have two, three, four screens. I'm like, how do you do that? And then with your mobile phone. So if you think of all this information that your brain is trying to absorb through your eyes, through through sound, through smell, through everything. And the thing is, we can come back to being us. And I know Lenka in the beginning mentioned her word of, of being. But my one of my words for the year is humanness. Come back to being you. And this, again, is where I like to think Zen lives, is when we are being us right now in this present moment with our breath going in and out, the blood flowing through our heart, and just being right now. And I just think, isn't that a wonderful place to be? But it's a conscious effort and takes some practicing to get into that place. But we don't have to do hours and hours every day. It can take five minutes. It can take 15 minutes and that's it. Maybe do five minutes three times a day or even 15 minutes four times or three times a day. So it's really playing around with, with the tips we've given you, playing around with the ideas and seeing where do they fit? How can you do it? Have you had a lot of Zoom calls back to back and you just feel so shattered and so overwhelmed? Can you take five minutes, go make yourself a nice warm drink, savor it, spend that time just savoring it, feel the the warmth from the mug around your hands, smell smell it, taste it. That takes five minutes. But you've been in that moment, you've, you've absorbed that. So that's a way that you can just break up the day a little bit. So very little ways of doing it, but it's the consistency as well. It's just keep doing it and keep finding what works for you. And as I mentioned earlier, do you have any tips for me or for Lenka or for our audience or for anyone? We'd love to hear them. Absolutely. I think it starts very simply with getting aware that this is where I am. This is what I potentially struggle with and this is where I would like to go. And then it is taking small action. And the action can be as simple as blocking out some time in your calendar that is non-negotiable, that is for you, that you will not allow any new client work to come, that works around your working schedule, that works around your family and anything and that you will put in there and for me this worked very nicely that I have my morning journaling coffee meditation whatever I want to do kind of time and that I have my evening decompression time that I can do my Spanish I can do my yoga I can listen to music I can do whatever but nothing else no work no projects no um, people can get in there and start small and start practicing so 
talking about that, what are you, Natalie, going to do? What is the thing that you publicly right now are committing pretty much to trying to implement, take you one step closer to feeling more present? Thanks for that, Linka. Just, you know, no pressure. My thing that I'm wanting to do is build up to three times a day, 15-minute walks with my one dog, and we just have a mindful walk. She's a very mindful dog. She's she's calm. She, she doesn't react to other dogs that are around, and she tends to really know when I just want to be calm. No electronics with me, no listening to a podcast or anything. It's very much going to be what's happening, what, what sounds can I hear, how's my body feeling at this time, what can I smell, you know, even thinking about putting my left foot, then my right foot, and how am I walking? So it's really getting into it. So that is my challenge to myself to physically get into the, the moment. So it's almost having that physical meditation time. And who's going to be joining me on this journey? Well, I think everyone can do a little bit. So for me, I know that I definitely want to work on my journaling and do a little bit more of that and be a little bit more consistent because I see how beneficial it is for me to clear my head and get it onto paper and not having random thoughts floating in there. So for me, it's potentially looking at my calendar, where can I craft maybe one more writing segment because and then get more conscious with how I book potentially my client calls because after client call I end up having great ideas for potential blog posts or for potential content that comes through the conversations but then I can read throughout the rest of the day until I either can write about it at the end of the day or the next day so for me it's crafting more smaller shorter but times where I can journal and get just things out of my brain So that's my plan. Great. So we've both got a plan. We've both got an action that we're going to take. So I hope you find your presence and really get into the moment and find what it feels like to be present. Let us know if you enjoyed this episode of Into Your Life podcast. Do subscribe and share 